you're normally the first day of school. The kid's like, oh my God, I missed you. And they want to hug you. And it's like all of these things. How do we do this to make sure everybody still feels the same love and the same attachment? And, you know, let's make school feel normal again. But we have to actually define the new normal. No, no doubt. No doubt. Like if anybody's going to do this and do it well as a profession, as a group, like I'm, I'm betting on us all day. June, June. Sweet June. Always a candidate for the greatest month of the year. June has it all. All the feels from the year. Pride, joy, relief, and of course sadness. As we watch the students that we've been connecting and growing with all year leave our classrooms to push on to the next grade or graduate into the rest of their lives. June also means the end of the first season of this show. So to wrap things up for you, the wonderful listeners, we're employing a classic interview show formula designed to bring back all the feels we experienced this year. The recap finale. So if you somehow missed the entire season thus far, and this is the first episode you're listening to, one, pause this episode to go back and listen to everything in the feed. While you're there, of course, like and subscribe to the show. Five stars. Give us all the good stuff. And two, welcome aboard as we reconnect with many of our season one guests as we can get updates on what we talked about this school year. We may go out of order for these recaps, but both Katie and I are fairly confident you'll be able to follow along. You ready, Katie? Yep. Let's do it. Dr. Maurice Linney, Chief Equity Officer and Interim Chief Education Officer for Chicago Public Schools. Well, hello, Dr. Sweeney. How are you? Good. How are you? Good to see you. I Good to you. see to you. you. And all, yes, all the above. Maybe one day in person. But as of now, Google Meet again. Hello. Um, we are so close to the end. And I'm just really glad to get to talk to you again and reconnect and talk everything equity within CPS. Um, I want to first start with all of our conversation the last time we met was all about the work that the Office of Equity is doing, the equity framework, the rollout of all of that. And I just kind of wanted to first just see where is that at? How's it going? What's the reception like? The equity framework is moving and living and breathing in the work. Um, You'll find that if you heard anything about the latest budget rolls out um, rollouts, like we talk about resource equity and how we prioritize um, people who are farthest from opportunity and ensuring that more funding um, goes to students and schools around the district who have uh, greater needs and, and us being responsive to those needs. A part of the framework work is how do you help people internalize equity under one common vision. And so we're still doing that work in policy. You might have seen some changes around um, enrollment policies for selective enrollment schools and quite a few things. And so all of the initiatives that people here and that rolling out are all impacted by the framework and the work we're doing. I know that equity has always been at the heart of uh, Dr. Jackson's vision for CPS. And now with the news of Dr. Jackson leaving CPS, how do you foresee this um, equity work continuing? I think once something gets in the fabric, it's in the fabric, right? Um, whether it's a dye or a stain, as I would say, it's in the fabric. And so we've really, that's why we did a framework in the first place, to be honest, is so that it wouldn't be like, oh, here's this, this cute little hot buzzword that we're going to put everywhere and make it all cool. And it was really about like, how do we 
deeply focus on what does it mean to do transformative work in Chicago public schools and the way to ground that is with the framework. So for me, I'm sticking around. So I feel like we just got some more work to do. Um, I am going to make sure that the framework keeps living and breathing because that's the commitment I made to the students of Chicago. They're the people who we serve, right? And at the end of the day, if it's not impacting students in classrooms, then we got to figure out what are the ways we continue to do the transformative work. So we know that, you know, the big conversation among teachers now is the Skyline curriculum that's being uh, worked on through CPS, which is part of the equity work to say that even though schools on the north side and south side, they may not have the same resources, but the students will have access to the same curricula, meaning that the students up north and students on the south side, we all, you know, the first graders across CPS will learn the same thing. Where are things with that? How do you see that rolling out next year, especially with you know, next year looking more like traditional school with the five-day school week and students back in person. Yeah, I think if there's any a time when young people need to see themselves and what they read, write, and think and problem solve for, it's being able to see your sort of mirror image in your schoolwork and what you're being assigned. And at the appropriate level of challenge, um, that helps because you know, let me I'll give you two examples. I have some I had some students. Um, I'm, I'm a trained reading teacher. So I believe if I brush up all my skills, I can go back to teaching reading. Um, I was trained in the science of reading. If you name some of the high profile programs or like getting to multisyllabic words and all of that good stuff, I have a lot of joy around that. What I discovered as a seventh grade teacher 20 years ago, which is crazy to say, um, is that some of my seventh graders could not read, but cognitively they could process with everyone else, right? And a part of that cognition um, was about being able to hear something and, and, and really sort of grapple with complex ideas. So one of the things that we wanted for the Skyline curriculum is like, how do we provide the right tools and supports uh, for any student and not use uh, the ability to read the written word as a barrier to opportunity and really challenging work? And so I'm really excited about Skyline. It's one of the things I wanted when I was a high school principal, so I'm glad to see that. And I think the tools that help to support it make it more accessible. And I think it will push all of us, you know, um, on, wow, I didn't realize I was I should be teaching it at this level or beyond, right? Or, oh, I didn't realize that when I talk about American history, I'm leaving out these critical elements of really understanding the beauty of people of color and the resiliency that they've had for so long. And so I think all of those things are critically important. Um, you know, some schools are going to go for full adoption, some in in different ways and in parts, which I prefer. I never like to just say not everybody do this. That's just not a thing for me. Ultimately, in the end, it, 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 it helps young people see themselves and what they're learning. Like I was a student, you know, when people, when I hear people say they've never had a black teacher, I thought, man, I've had over 20. Like that was my school experience. So I always learned the other side of whatever it was, right? And just how uh, people of color, specifically black people, were able to like move the needle and get progress over the last 400 years, despite what was happening. So I'm, I'm excited about Skyline and how it's going to how it's going to unfold over time. And I think it'd be important for teachers to give themselves grace and not to come at this with like perfectionism, like I have to do everything and I have to be perfect. We have to center ourselves as as adult learners to get better at this over time. And so I think, you know, Giving ourselves a little bit of grace to figure it out, too, is going to be important, especially coming off this last year. That's awesome. I think one of the best things I heard is that Skyline is culturally relevant. 
Um, because that's the big yeah. thing now. Like even in my school, we were planning for next year. And we said one of the biggest things when we talked to the students about motivation was that they don't feel connected to what they're learning. And so if Skyline is culturally relevant and the students can connect, then that's the, that's the greatest way that we can really increase student learning and student engagement, which we know has been extremely down this year. So thank you so much for that. As I'm reflecting back on everything that's happened since the first time we even spoke, I think that was February of 2020, was it? The first time? I'm just wondering, I don't know if we've really touched on this, but did your like through the rollout or any of the uh, behind the scenes of creating the equity framework and the rollout, how much did it change or not change with the murder of George Floyd and police brutality? Like, was that impacting the work that you were doing? And did that kind of change any directions of what you were doing? No, I think for me as a black man, like it, um, well, two things. I think that that was part of the hardest part of my career over the last 20 years. Um, because as a person who was like out there at the Laquan McDonald protester, right, being among people and really pushing for change, now I'm the guy on the inside who people are coming to saying, what do we do? How do we respond to the immediate needs of students and families and, and coworkers? And at the same time, sort of processing my own internal emotions after watching that, that nine minute video. And so for me, that helped to just be uh, have a laser like focus on if equity is going to be real, it has to be real at the student, the institution, the school, like all of these levels. And so you might have noticed Jadine Child is doing some work around police and schools. And, and, you know, some schools are choosing not to have police. And we want to make sure that we support that. I want to continue to push uh, transformative justice in the way that young people see it through their lens. And that means that, you know, even us, us as adults have to figure out how to be responsive to what young people are asking for more than what we want for them. Um, and so I think right now we're still doing that work with Jadine Chow, Chief of Security, as one piece of that. But I also, you know, we just did a, a video capture of um, Principal Patty Reynolds at Walsh and one of her teachers, Brenda. And one of the things that they were they were doing with the National Equity Project, one of our equity partners, is really figuring out what does that school experience look like in schools? And some of the students talked about like how we as adults police them. And so there's this idea of like the institution of policing, but also the relational piece of like, how much are we sort of replicating systems of oppression in the way that we talk and interact with young people? And so they, they did some things to make some changes in their school. And we capture some of that on video and in conversation so we could talk about like what what does transformative justice look like at a school level and you know how do we do that at the district level and making sure that it's real uh, that was one of dr jackson's big pieces for me she says i want this to be real so part of it's thinking in theory but the other part of it is moving from aspiration to action and documenting the action along the way well, thank you so much, Dr. Sweeney, for joining us again, giving us an update. It has truly been a joy talking to you this year. And we look forward to actually seeing how this truly rolls out in CPS. Yeah, keep me posted. You know, I, I um, this is, you know, I, I think one, I'll say one more thing. When we think about winter in Chicago, you notice all the leaves are most, or most of the trees are leafless and they look barren. And then all of a sudden, when the weather changes, you see them spring forward. And if we would understand that even in CPS, as we experience leadership transitions, there is still possibility for us to grow and to expand and, and to flourish. And so I just want to hold space for that. And for anybody who's listening, um, 
this is not the end. It's just time to reemerge and come back anew. So thank you. Dr. Camilla Hampton, Principal of Richard J. Daly Academy. Dr. Hampton, it is so good to be able to connect with you again. I know this is, this is you're like a superstar. This is like our third time connecting with you. Um, and so I know the last time we talked, we talked about school culture. Um, and when we talked, it was a time when everybody was still remote. And now we've, we've come back into the schools and we're preparing to go into next year. So I would just love for you to be able to give us an update in terms of just school culture. And when you think about where teachers are, where students are, how do you plan to approach the new school year? Yeah. So right now, I think that we are definitely in a better space than where we were at the beginning of the school year. Um, there is some sense of normalcy. Um, with this one being able to actually convene and be in front of students. In terms of planning for next year, I plan to be really intentional. And I, I kind of brought this up to my leadership team a few weeks ago. We really have to start with culture. Like, I know that um, we have all of this unfinished learning that has taken place. And um, people feel like we got to jump and do interventions the first day of school. Um, but I think that it's important that we really take some time to take a step back and one, see where everyone is, like socially, emotionally, and not just students, also our staff members, because we've had staff members that have experienced a lot of loss. Um, and then just kind of work our way from there. My SEO team has been basically supporting our staff as well as our students. Um, I wanted to create a space for our staff members to be able to have like some in-work support as well. Um, so as far as planning for quarter one, we're definitely going to take a step back, do an assessment of where everyone is as it pertains to not just only academics, but social emotional supports and needs, and really just revisit there and, and start planning and action planning from there in terms of what we need to implement as a school to make sure we're supporting our students and our staff members. Did you learn anything over this last year about holding a community together through such um a trying a time and what would you take with you um, for next year as well? Oh, of course. Um, so for me, I think the pandemic truly taught me um, how much community really relies on the school. Sometimes schools are all that families have and that as a school, we have to make sure that we support um, not only students academically, but sometimes that does mean finding resources for families, finding resources for staff members and supporting them outside of school and what it looks like inside of the classroom. I want to say, one, I appreciate the fact that your approach to next year um, is not just academic based. It's not just student based, but it is very holistic in saying that teachers are the first source that pour into your students. So let me pour into my teachers. So I think that's amazing. Um, but one of those things is that sitting at the top of the school is that you have to be able to pour into yourself. And so as summer is coming, how do you plan to recharge this summer to be able to do the work that comes next year? <laughs> yes, I don't know if I talked about it, but um, I'm a huge um, baseball mom. So my son plays competitive baseball. So I would definitely get a chance to disconnect and just be totally engaged with him. I usually try not to work on weekends at all because I dedicate that time to him. We just won two back-to-back -back championships. So that really is my self-care, to be honest with you. I schedule a monthly massage for myself. I do that. And I also take myself on a self-date once a week. So balance is really important to me. Um, I try not to work past my work time throughout the week. So those are going to be things that I'm going to make sure I implement this summer. And then also just being able to spend more time with my family this summer. But I'm definitely disconnecting. 
to make sure that I'm I'm one, I'm ready for the beginning of the school year because I know this year is going to be a heavy lift as it pertains to social, emotional, safety, and academics. We thank you so much for joining us again. It's always a pleasure talking with you, Dr. Hampton, and enjoy your baseball games this summer. And good luck with this next championship, right? I know you want that title. Thank you. Yes, we go. We take hardware. So, yeah, thank you guys for having me again. Tynisha Jointer, Behavioral Health Specialist, CPS Office of Social and Emotional Learning. Tanisha, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, we really enjoyed our time with you early. I feel like your personality just kind of shines through when we listen to you. Um, so just to give everybody a quick update, let us know what's going on with the Healing Centered Project launch. Thank you guys so much for having me. It is always a pleasure to be with you. So thank you so much. Um, there's a lot going and moving and shaking with the Healing Center project. Um, we have since um, its actual launch day, which was uh, sometime in March, I want to say March 22nd or so, we have launched now 10 initiatives under the Healing Center project framework. We are in the process of doing roundtables and town halls to engage our stakeholders wanting to really hold true to that that promise that this would be a collaborative effort with stakeholders not something that we just prevent say all right go do and be great we have some parent rollouts we just wrapped up um some teacher town halls thank you shout out to educators for excellence for um co-hosting and supporting in those efforts to get the teachers to to have teacher voice at the table um so we're definitely moving. There is so much work to do. There is so much excitement around the district, just around this idea of creating and making space for healing. So I'm really hoping that we are able to do something transformative for this district as well as the city. On the terms of healing and reflection, if you could guide or tell teachers what is something that we should be doing this summer to prepare ourselves, reflect, and get ready for the upcoming school year where we're back five days a week? You know, the, the most important thing that I would want to stress to teachers, um, administrators especially, um, shout out to the principals and assistant principals who have persevered, who have pushed, who have... I mean, oh my God, I can't even wrap my head around being an administrator in this time and in this moment. Um, what I would say to all educators, no matter where you are in your career, is to really take this summer and make it about you. Detach, um, selfishly uh, set boundaries and disconnect. Really make this time about you to sit in thought and even meditation and even in practice about how do I want to show up next year. Really thinking about what side of history do I want to be on? Because what we cannot um, forget is that this reckoning with race is still happening, right? It wasn't just this one thing that happened this one time because George Floyd died, rest his soul, and then we just done, right? Like we are still in the midst of that. Um, we are still in the midst of recovery. And so what I, what I would say to all educators is, is make space for you, make time for you, spend 
spend some time with yourself, fully understanding how you've experienced this moment, thinking about what did you need in this moment? Perhaps there were some things that you needed that you didn't get, like you didn't get this need met, right? And think about how did that impact how I showed up for my students? But then what can I do to ensure that my students have everything that they need? So I really want to encourage teachers, principals, social workers, psychologists, counselors, every educator to spend this summer really pouring into yourselves, really investing in you, finding some joy in your life and in your moments, because I think it's through those opportunities and those moments that we'll begin to be better able to support our students that once we've experienced what it's like to actually pour into ourselves, now I'm better able to show up for you and then I can pour into you or I can respond to your needs because I am prioritizing my own needs first. I know all of us always have the best intention to do exactly what you said and then life gets in the way. And especially, I know everyone's felt so isolated for so long. And I mean, like maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, I was walking with my husband and we saw like a group of friends on the street corner and it was like, oh, this is normal. Like, what? what? We can go and sit together outside on this closed street here and like, it was the first time I had like felt like myself, I guess. Like I was walking home. I was like almost in tears. I'm like, that filled my soul. That's what I needed. Like it was like that moment. I'm like, oh, I guess I really have been missing that connection that we've all lost through this. So that's just a really great reminder. Thank you. And know that our kids are going to come back needing those same moments, right? They are, we are going to have to go into this year, like literally re- teaching everything from from as simple as how we enter into the classroom, how do we shake, how do we acknowledge each other, right? Remember handshaking and, and all of those ways that we used to greet each other, like we're going to have to rethink that. The proximity that we're used to as educators, like I'm going to walk up and I'm going to, you know, to redirect, right? Like we have to rethink that. And so I think going into this summer months, again, just really taking some time to detach for sure. Um, but as we get into August, like really beginning to think about like, how am I going to um, give my students and myself some grace in, in that moment? Because we are going to all desperately need some grace. Um, come the first day of school, the first week of school, summer school, PD, we all have to be willing to create some some grace for one another because it is going to be a transition and we will be learning with them. And and, and, and I encourage us or I, I challenge us to lever our kids' expertise. Like they might have some expertise in how to navigate, you know, this this coming back to space together. They may have some expertise for us too. So Don't forget to engage them. The first day of school next year will truly be a first day of school for everybody. You know how normally it's like, oh, the kindergartners have like their first day. No, like it will be a first day for everybody walking in the building. And I said, we were talking the other day and I told one of my friends, I said, we all have to learn how to do school again. Right. I mean, even for teachers, like we haven't been in the building five days straight with the exception of preschool teachers, but five days straight and have a classroom full of students and the way that your classroom used to look and no longer gets to look. And you have to rearrange the way those seats look and the way that you do things. And you know, you're normally the first day of school, the kids like, Oh my God, I missed you. And they want to hug you. And it's like all of these things. How do we do this to make sure everybody still feels the same love and the same attachment? And you know, let's make school feel normal Again, but we have to actually define the new normal. 
no, no doubt, no doubt. Like if anybody's gonna do this and do it well, I I'm betting my money on us as a as a profession, as a group. Like I'm I'm betting on us all day. This is an opportunity to completely reimagine. And what I hope, what I hope comes out of this more than anything is that we can do just that. Like we can truly begin to reimagine what this could look like, not only for our students, but for even us as adults. And how do we interface with each other and how do we model and set those expectations? And what does it mean for you yourself to come into a building? And do I feel welcomed here? Do I feel safe and secure here? Um, And through our experience in that as adults, as educators, that again, we can share that, extend that to and with our students. That is awesome. So as you prepare for the summer, you, you've always done great. Every time you've gotten on here, your message to teachers have always been self-care. Make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure even now when the message today is like, be selfish with your time. How do you plan to be selfish with your time this summer? So oddly, um, summer is our peak season. Like, oh man, when I say hit the fan, it hits the fan. And we are transitioning back to central office as well. So I will be I don't want lots of that uh, um, to to kind of wrap my head around like all of the dynamics, all the change of dynamics for me. But regardless of all the work that I have to do, um, one thing that I'm going to commit to doing is is making time for myself. Um, I'm going to make time for play and for joy. Uh, I think that as adults, like we get grown and we think that like, oh, everything has to be about the business, the work, the product, the product, the numbers. Um, and we miss joy and, and and play. And I really want to make time for play in my life. And I'm, I'm going to set boundaries and I'm really going to stick to them. I, <laughs> I When I go out of town now, I take the email off of my phone because if I don't, I will work whole vacation. Like, oh, somebody just responded to me. Let me respond to you because, and like sometimes, right? No, I have to separate myself from the work. My break is probably hopefully like November. Once we, 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 we rolled out all the training, all the learning and y'all are like on y'all way, then I can probably breathe a little bit better. So Christmas break is going to be my pour into me time. But, um, Summer months is definitely making sure that we are preparing for you all for your return and um, preparing to provide you all with um, education that you want, right? Training that you feel like you need. So that's how I'll spend my summer. Well, we appreciate the work. Thank you so much for jumping back in with us and chatting and catching up. Like Keisha said, it's always a joy talking with you and getting your perspective. We really, really appreciate it. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more updates. You're listening to the CPS Teach Chicago podcast. This episode is brought to you by Miss Simon. She not only helped me with my math skills, but also helped me get through a tough time. Miss Simon helped me get out of my shell and be more open and less shy. I appreciate Miss Hill because she's an amazing teacher and one of the best I ever had. She easily understands problems and can make the most of the day fun. She would always give us more time if we need. She could light up classroom if you're ever feeling down. Este episodio es presentado por Señora Morfín en Salcedo. A mí me gusta Miss Morfín porque hace 
cosas que nos gustan y nos divertimos mucho las dos. Miss Elaine is such a great teacher because to me a great teacher is someone who's understanding and really helpful. She's always on us about graduation, about colleges, you know, and everything that's needed. This episode is brought to you by Miss Stevens at George Westhouse College Prep. I appreciate Miss Stevens because not only does she care about a student's performance in the classroom, but she takes pride in making sure students become good people and ensure they have the integrity to do the right thing when no one's watching. This episode is brought to you by Ms. Tisdale at King Elementary. I appreciate Ms. Tisdale because she actually helped me overcome my attitude a lot. And when I'm with her, I feel like I can reach any goal. And she's the fun teacher. You're listening to the CPS Teach Chicago podcast. We're going through our end of season recap, and now it's time to roll the dispatches. On the other side, we have one final treat for our listeners before we end the show. Let's start with AP Dania Sala from Lakeview High School, who sent us an updated Like, Wish, Wonder protocol. I like how Lakeview High School rose to the challenge and continued its traditions of having multiple assemblies throughout the year, but doing it virtually. I wish I reminded myself that bumps in the road are actually one of the best parts of your story. I want to take everything that I learned this year and apply it to next year to have an amazing school year. Hi, Katie and Keisha. This is Tamiko from the Teacher Appreciation Week podcast. I hope that you felt loved and out loud during the entire Teacher Appreciation Week. There were opportunities for your principals, your students, and your teammates to actually give you all so much love. There was also a collaboration event that happened on May 26th, led by educators, for educators. And then there was an opportunity to spotlight about a thousand educators, including you all across the district on June. Second, I hope that all of those things helped you feel so much love and especially the love that you give to each and every person. I hope that you recharge over the summer. I know I will be seeing all the sights, the sounds and the beauty of Chicago. And I hope that each of you will have an amazing rest of your school year because you deserve it. Have a great summer and look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye bye. Hey, Keisha. Hey, Katie. It's Felipe from Teach Chicago Tomorrow the new CPS program that supports CPS grads who want to become CPS teachers. I'm thrilled to report that recruitment of our very first cohort for the Teach Chicago Tomorrow Pathways Partnership is moving along nicely. Some big news since we last spoke. Both of our partners, City Colleges of Chicago and Illinois State University, are each offering Teach Chicago Tomorrow students scholarships that can be renewed each academic year. This is exciting stuff, to put it mildly. For our Pell-eligible students, meaning those eligible for the highest levels of federal student aid. These new scholarships, plus other financial aid, will cover most, if not all, tuition and material costs for all four years of the program. This removes one huge barrier and makes these students' teaching dreams that much more attainable. That is huge news that is literally life-changing. That life-changing opportunity is still within reach. Our application for the first fall cohort is open until July 13th. Apply today at cps.edu forward slash apply TCT. 
thanks for what you both do, and I really enjoy the season. Many thanks, Felipe. So good to hear from all of them. Well, Katie, it's time to wrap up the show. It's that time. But before we start, just a heads up that after the ending credits are complete, we're going to end the show with some audio from a graduate speech at Gage Park High School. Go Owls! We found the audio as a clear reminder of what we're all working for as teachers. Hope you enjoy and congratulations to all the graduates of the class of 2021. Season one of the CPS Teach Chicago podcast was Keisha, Katie, Jennifer, and Colin. Special thanks to you, the listeners, all of our wonderful guests, and all the teachers everywhere, especially those in Chicago public schools. Additional thanks to all CPS students who shouted out their teachers all season. Our bill for this episode comes from Lakeview High School. Go Wildcats! Happy summer to everyone. This show will be back for its second season at the start of the next school year with two new hosts ready to discuss a wealth of topics from the teacher's perspective. I'll see you around, Katie. Great job, Keisha. Saying to you. Copyright 2021 Chicago Public Schools. Good morning, Ms. Baum, Ms. Fuqua, staff, parents, and soon-to-be graduates. It is an honor to stand here and commemorate the conclusion of our unique high school experience. At the start, we got to enjoy many memorable moments such as school dances, funny moments we had in our class or in the lunchroom, and enjoying ourselves on different school teams. We also have our own memories with the security guards that made our time in school enjoyable. We enjoyed our time together and had our experiences while we could. Once the pandemic began in spring 2020, we learned to appreciate the valuable experience of being in classrooms and having our teachers. Um, virtual learning was something we all hated but learned to overcome to get here at graduation today. While this experience was unexpected, we found a way to make it through. The pandemic has helped us give appreciation to the experiences we have had and the great experiences to come. It also taught us to value the experience of being in classrooms and having our teachers by our side. I would like to thank the staff for the generosity they showed us during these difficult times. I would like to thank my family who always provided support and advice when I needed it. Victoria. 
I want to thank my friends who were there for me when I needed them the most. And a thank you to the teachers who gave us extensions and extra credit when we needed it. I would also like to acknowledge those who experienced loss and hardships through this time, but are still striving towards success. That being said, we cannot forget those who helped us stay safe and healthy, our wonderful custodians. I would like to thank all of our supporters, friends, and family who pushed us all four years for this very moment. There were times when we thought we could not make it, but it was with your encouraging words and guidance that we were able to get to the finish line. Today marks the end and the start of two eras. We begin to say goodbye to our teachers, peers, and classrooms, but we also begin the start of a whole new journey. We begin to learn how to become independent, strong, and intellectual adults. I know adulthood sounds scary with new responsibilities and bills, but we, we now have the power and opportunity for new experiences. However, we should have nothing to fear after all. We survived a global pandemic. The world is ours and we, enjoy, we intend to enjoy it and make it a better place for all. All in all, it has been quite an experience and I wish the best opportunities for all. To my fellow graduates, I would like to pass on to you a quote from Oprah Winfrey. Your life is a journey about learning to become more of who you are and fulfilling the highest, truest expression of yourself as a human being. Thank you.